When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, everyone out there knows we're doing Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Go ahead and check out what we're doing today right there for you at Inside Sports Fantasy Football as you get prepared for week five in the NFL also, as well, go ahead and check out Joe Sorrell when you get a chance. He is on the road traveling as we speak. Most likely, go ahead and check him out today at Lakers Ball. You know he's not a happy camper after the first preseason game, but go ahead and check out what he has to say at LakersBall.com. It's Oxide247. And support him with his company, Simblades. Simblades with the Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. And, of course, also as well, Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check out what they're doing today at Lakerholics.com. Thanks so much to them for stopping by. They had a great conversation with the Magic Man earlier today for Lakerholics Spotlight. If you didn't get a chance, check it out after this video. Truly appreciate it. Also as well, go ahead and make sure you've got covered our good friends, Empire Jeff TV. Also as well, Lakers in 5. And of course, the John McCallion channel. All those great YouTube channels go ahead and support today. And speaking of youtube please go ahead and subscribe hit the little joke click on it that's okay you can poke his eye out they're, they're big beady eyes i know you'll probably poke it out yeah but that's okay it's okay he's got two of them and when you do you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest lakers fast break podcast well the lakers exhibition season it got off to not the best of starts no lebron no austin taking the siesta sitting there on the sidelines LeBron with the very highly stylish hat on, very stripish today. He had a lot of stripes going on. You know, that's what he liked. Okay. Unfortunately, he had to turn his hat around because he did not like what he saw. Because when the Lakers came out there, unfortunately, they did not go ahead and show much out there after an initial surge by Anthony Davis. And also as well, some good play in the first half by D'Angelo Russell. Also, didn't want to make a mention of a couple other names of note that played pretty strong, Jackson Hayes. And also, as well, give a little bit of shout-out to Demoy Hodge. But outside of that, a lot of struggles everywhere. But then again, it's the first game. And unfortunately, the Lakers struggled most of the game trying to find some different lineups that worked. But unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, little bit of miscommunication here and there. Defensively, we just did not look very good at all. And on the offensive end, it was a lot of ISO ball and not enough ball movement. 
it all, you know, just basically in a nutshell, kind of just kept us behind. And we just never, once we went out down double digits, we only were able to go ahead and get it as close to six, seven points at the most. And unfortunately, that's just not quite enough. And the Lakers decided to go ahead and throw up the white flag halfway through the fourth quarter and bring all the rookies in. And it just did not make for a pleasant show, that to say the least. But the Lakers fall in their first exhibition game. 125 to 108 to the Golden State Warriors. And here today, yeah, that's right, Daniel. <laughs> Great to have you here. The Lakers and the Dodgers sucked. That's terrible. If you get some highlights, let me know, Daniel, of today's game. I'll go ahead and, I, and just let me know, and I'll I'll put them here on the screen, give you some pub out there. But here today to talk about today's game, good man indeed. It is, of course, Magic Man Sean Grice. And Magic Man, good to have you here, my friend. The Madman from Toronto, he did get out of Toronto traffic to be part of our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break coverage. Truly great to have you here. Not exactly the best of starts, although I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to, I said we would not take too much away from the first exhibition game. Cam Reddish, we're worried about him because he did turn his ankle pretty nastily. Uh, unfortunately, we just have to see what's going on with him. But your thoughts so far on what you saw today, the first exhibition game, not exactly the way you wanted to go ahead and start. But then again, you know, trying to feel everything out. A lot of turnover, a lot of new players playing in there. Hopefully that's just going to be something that the Lakers are going to have to iron out. Yeah, yeah it was half expected, Gerald. Uh, you know, with preseason comes hiccups. So, uh, yeah, there were plenty of hiccups tonight. Um other than what you have said, um, the the one guy that really stood out for me, and I think people could use a squeegee with their, their third eye on, is uh, Jackson Hayes. Uh, although uh, having somewhat of a um, questionable reputation as far as IQ goes drilled, I liked what I saw from Jackson Hayes tonight. Um, he was active. He was energetic. Every 50-50 ball, either I saw Jackson Hayes on the bottom of the pile or he was somebody lift, they're lifting off to get to see who has the ball. That kind of contagious energy feeds into into uh, uh, getting time in a rotation. So I, I have a feeling Jackson Hayes is going to see a lot more of the floor Monday night. Uh, I liked what I saw there. On the opposite end, Jalen Hood Shafino, although me and Gerald saw what we saw in Summer League. We saw what we saw. We said we saw what we saw. And there were a lot of, I know there was a lot of uh, maybe disconcerting voices out there that thought we were maybe being too harsh or too hard on the kid. But as everyone saw tonight, gave a good effort, but he, it's just not there, Gerald. It's just not there yet. Um, it is not there yet, but again, it's he's a rookie. I'm just going to give him a little bit of slack on that. Uh, he was not very impressive at all. Three of 12 from out there on the floor, one of five from behind the arc, seven points, two assists, uh, six rebounds, absolutely terrible defense. His footwork was abysmal out there. He could not, I think you and I could have dribbled around him. That's not very well complimented of, of him and his efforts. You know, there's a lot of work to be done on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, obviously, you know, he is just not very good as well or very adept yet at being able to shoot. Again, first game, 
I don't want to make too many impressions of yet, but so far he's not had a good outing yet as a Laker in summer league or an exhibition play. No, no, it, it hasn't clicked yet. Um, and you're right, Gerald. There's, there, I think there's, there's a long way to go for him more defensively than offensively. I'm concerned. Con- I can, I, I understand what Darren's saying in the chat right there. How about how telling the truth from the first day of camp? Because you and I heard all the rhetoric about how J- JHS was the MVP. Oh, looking really good. You're a big fan of JHS, you know. And this is why you know Joe Soro gets always mad at at uh, Mike Trudell for you know saying, oh, this guy's a big fan of JHS, JHS, JHS. And unfortunately, I think it's just again. We saw what we saw in summer league, and again, there's still a lot more for him to learn and grow as a player. So let's not throw the book at him just yet. He is a rookie. All the rookies out there, outside of Demoy Hodge, played like rookies today. Castleton, everybody's favorite flavor in the summer league, he got really destroyed on a on a block where he got his his shot blocked right at the rim. He did not look good. Demoy Hodge was the only rookie that looked effective out there for the Lakers. So again, this is what you're going to get right now when it comes to rookies. Give them some time to grow. Get them a lot of reps in the G League. And who knows, maybe later this season, they could really become a contributor there later on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two guys who aren't rookies, though, who were subpar tonight, <laughs> Gerald, uh, were Torian Prince and Cam Reddish. Um, Gerald, the book's out on Reddish, okay? We we know what kind of tools he has as an athlete. We just don't see it on the court. It's not put together. Gerald, Cam relies a lot on, as you, you know, pain opportunities and transition and off of offensive boards or back cuts. He took four shots tonight. He missed all three of his three-point attempts, Gerald. He's got a problem finishing at the rim as well. Did you know, Gerald, that Cam Reddish last year shot less than 60% at the rim? It was a little over 57%. So even when he gets his opportunities in the paint, it's 50-50 whether or not he's going to make them. Didn't play well tonight. Torian Prince got the hook real fast, Gerald. Picked up, yes. got into foul trouble nine, very as, quickly. As actually, Laker Nick pointed out, nine minutes, five fouls. Yeah, almost uh, almost a foul minute for Torian Prince tonight. Um, to put it into perspective, uh, Maxwell Lewis, who both me and Gerald uh, like uh, immensely but do feel that needs some seasoning, got more minutes than Torian Prince tonight. And well, again, I don't know if it's I like only... to... he remember he got three donuts in the yeah, summer yeah. league. So well, I don't know if you might like him more than me, but I, I, he actually he he didn't have he didn't have much opportunity on the offensive end, but he he did all right. I think he hit a three from outside. So thirteen uh, minutes played more than Torian Prince, which this is true. You you that's something I do not want to see if I'm Darvin Ham looking at uh, looking at the film tomorrow's. How does a rookie outplay a, a volume three-point shooter supposed to supposed to be a vet in this game? Yeah. But you know, like you said, Gerald, uh, chalk it up to you know first game. It's preseason. LeBron, Austin, Reeves aren't aren't inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, the first quarter was just raggedy hell. Um, 
A lot but of let's give I... a shout out to the MVP though, my friend, and that's going to be Max Christie. Max Christie, you know, he comes in here, and that's something I want to go ahead and really stress. Of all the players who play, I mean, Anthony Davis, he came in and did what he needed to do, even hit a couple threes. You know, what we saw from D'Angelo, he gave you a burst, especially close, the way that he closed out the first half. Definitely it gave you what you need there and obviously gives you the signs that he can do that going forward. But the guy that I think really needed to prove something, as we talked about, and we, you, you and I actually had those same kind of, you know, vibes as far as who we were trying to pick that would actually make a difference in today's game. And I think when I, I think, I, I don't know, it was you or I that said Max Christie, and it definitely, I think Max for Max Christie, a really, really good solid game and shows that he really wants to be a part of this rotation magic. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. And uh, by the way, that was both of us. We both kind of had an inkling that uh, he'd be hungry to uh, prove himself once again, and he did. Um, he looked he looked good out there, Gerald. He looked comfortable, was communicating really well. Um, I actually really like him defensively with his length. Uh, not a huge fan of, you know, if Torian Prince is, is out there committing uh, foul heresy. But Max Christie on the wing, along with uh, Vando or Rui, that that portends is something good because Max played well in 25 minutes. You're right, Gerald. He's the best player on the floor tonight. Outside big of D-Lo. shout out. Well, hold on, me. Big, big, big shout out to Darren who gave us a super chat. 19.99 on that. I just truly, truly cannot thank you enough for that. I'm putting $100 right now that Prince only shoots 34% or less from the three. It's a Lakers curse. <laughs> and remember, Darren, remember, this is the guy who already this past week in training camp promised and guaranteed that he would be above 40% this, this season. He was around 38% for Minnesota. Your thoughts on Torian Prince? You know, it wasn't the offense that really got me bothered there, Darren and, and Sean. It was the fact that, my God, he was absolutely terrible on defense, fouling left and right. Yeah, he was, Gerald. Um, it, it, it almost looked as if he was had back surgery or something. It was just a lot of the wacky, waveable, inflatable arm guy yeah. with his defense. Um, not a lot of movement. Um, you know, Gerald, for somebody who's 6'7 uh, and has a decent build, he needs he needs to fight around those screens a lot harder. Yeah. That, by the way, said is uh, say hopefully that's not a Boston Bruin remix jersey. Lakers right there. He's just thinking like the color scheme, the way it looks as far as as far as the jersey concerned. All that. No worries. No worries. Yep. Just want to let everybody know again. Unfortunately, a loss for the Lakers. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
We are back with the Lakers fast break. They do unfortunately fall 125 to 108. First exhibition game in Chase Center in the San Francisco. Hopefully you will go ahead and be able to enjoy more and better exhibition games here coming up starting with Monday. Hopefully you enjoyed our coverage on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Also our pregame Lakerholic spotlight right here on this channel. Go ahead and check out the conversation that was after this show, of course. Check out the conversation the guys from Lakerholics.com had as well. Magic Man says, Lakers for Life said, I wouldn't dare disrespect this room with anything Boston related, sir. That's good, man. I'm glad you would not do that. Uh, Jamie Sweets in the chat says, Kaminga ain't scaring anyone in the regular season, though. He did play well for them. I will admit that's the kind of Jonathan Kaminga that they need. They need someone that can hit consistently from the outside. If that's the case, they can open up his game. Eli says, can't wait to whoop Monty's Pistons tomorrow. Uh, that's for the, the Suns fan that you are, Eli. No worries. Just always great to have you here. Free Smoke says, Kaminga had his way with everyone. He did look like a world beater tonight, Magic Man. Is it? Do you think it's a step that he's made, Jonathan Kaminga, in his game? Or do you think it was just the Lakers defense just that bad? Tonight, I think it's a little bit of both, Gerald. Uh, I think overall, I I would say he has turned a corner. Look, he's in a very similar position as Rui, Rui Hashimura was last year, Gerald. Um, you're, you're entering into a pivotal year into your profession. You need to attack just about every deficit, weakness you have with as much effort and energy that you can. And yes, he did play well. He did play well tonight. I will say this though: a lot of those minutes, he looked good. AD was not on the floor. Neither was Austin Reeves. Neither was LeBron James. Fair enough. But I, I do think he's turned a corner. And for that team to succeed, he's he he has to, Gerald. I, I think the big issue with him is he needs the ball in his hands a lot. In order, yes. he needed the ball in his hands a lot to get those 19 points. So uh, he's got to find a way to be able to be effective by having a, a less usage rate because there's no way you're going to convince the, the players or the coaching staff that you should have the ball in your hands more than Steph, more than Chris Ball, more than Clay, more than Draymond. There you go. But uh, he's he's in there to do certain things, obviously, and they got a chance to go ahead and, and work it out against the Lakers, unfortunately. One name, though, that got a lot of usage during the course of the game, my friend, is Christian Wood. As I bring it back up here on screen, my friend, Christian Wood did get 20 minutes today, 2 of 8 from, from the field, minus 16, 5 points, 4 rebounds, and a block shot. Your thoughts on Christian Wood, not the most uh, auspicious start, for him uh, as part of the Lakers, we only got to see a smattering of amount of time between with him and AD on the floor. I think that's what everybody was trying to point out and look at your thoughts, my friend on how that unfortunately uh, just did not work out well for his inaugural game for Christian Wood. Yeah, I think it was uh, just a couple a few things there, Gerald. One is, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, it's just one game, so you just kind of have to look at it in a vacuum. He didn't play well defensively. Um, I I thought that his help defense could have been could have been a lot uh, cleaner. Mm -hmm. uh, offensively, 
You know what? He really he tried to run that high pick and roll with Gabe Vincent a few times. They they really did try and make that work. Uh, you know, a combination of, you know, obviously, you know, practice time and, and it's live bullets. So it's, it's a completely different animal altogether. But I actually like that, that they're trying that because I think that's going to be deadly. Gabe played very well tonight. He played his game. He played his game. Four assists, really solid. No turnovers. Made it. Made a couple of three point shots. Yeah, he played his game. Um, I think just that pick and roll with Christian Wood needs to be cleaned up. I, I saw him try and work some some dribble handoffs with Vincent and Max Christie as well. So they're trying different things with Christian Wood out there. Didn't work out tonight, but I actually like the the offensive versatility. I saw a lot of different sets being thrown at defenses, which is something that Christian Wood didn't see a lot of, especially in Houston, Dallas. So if he's playing if he's playing with a smarter caliber of player, hopefully that'll lead to a better efficiency. Like I said, I liked what they tried out, just didn't work tonight. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Magic Man Sean Garais to meet Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. Please go ahead and check out next time on Monday or playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break as the obviously we're going to go ahead and get into more exhibition action. Plus also as well, tomorrow, 9 a.m., we'll be here with Rich Cohen. He's going to be talking about if, according to his latest book, which we'll go ahead and also talk about here later in the show, if 1987 and 88 was the best year ever for the NBA. But getting back to today's game, my friend, Rui Hashimura, 5 of 12 from the field. Not great, not bad. About 12 points, plus six overall, seven rebounds. Pretty much gave you what you needed to give you from there. Your thoughts on Rui Hashimura. Was this him making a claim? Because Jared Vanderbilt was in the game and six points, seven rebounds, two or three from behind the arc. But unfortunately, at times, he just did not look very good, especially taking the ball to the hole. Still a problematic for him. Your thoughts on Rui Hashimura maybe staking a claim in on a starting lineup gig? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think obviously he's trying to um, made a good case for it. Played played his game. I thought it was a, a typical Rui game. Um, sometimes that five for twelve is seven for thirteen or uh, eight for fourteen. But you know what? It was a Rui game. Gerald, I think it's going to be uh, musical chairs between him and Vando for the st starting role. Uh, I really do think it's Vando's to lose, though, um, just given what Hans alluded to, what he's looking for defensively. And there's data enough to show that this has, this has worked so far. It worked in the regular season, worked for two rounds, didn't work against Denver. That aside, uh, I think that I think Rui's eventually, like Gabe Vincent, I think eventually he's going to be uh, either in the starting lineup or in the closing lineup. Gerald, I yeah, and maybe this is he is part of is, their best five, is what you're trying to say. Rui Ashimura is a hundred percent. Yes, there's no doubt about it. So that's why he should be there in the end. He was um, out of the top ten. Starting five for the Lakers last year, Rui and Vando were in eight of the ten. Rui was in five of them. So I really do expect Rui to ascend to, to start, Gerald. It just may be 
coming off the bench for the first six to eight weeks. I would prefer him to still come off the bench. I agree with Darren. I think as far as getting consistent offense coming off the bench, I think that's what he could provide us. Plus, he will be part of our closing five, at least at this point in time. I don't see anybody, unless Christian Wood starts to change things around, in our opinion. I think that's right now, Rui's going to probably be as part of your closing five if he's not in your starting five. I think it's best suited, like Darren's suggesting, is having him still come off the bench as the sixth man but having him close out. One thing, though, with Christian Wood, it's been noted by several people, not just in the chat, but I also noticed a little bit, I think on playback as well mentioned, but also on social media. But Christian Wood, maybe not being in tip-top basketball shape, looked a little heavy, according to some people. Your thoughts on that? Could, could have been the fact that he was still just looking around for so long uh, for a contract, for a team to hook on to. Maybe that was something wrong as far as him not being able to get the kind of workouts in that he needed to this summer. I, it's all possible, Gerald. Hey, some some guys say, you know, I'm going to use training camp to get in shape. Um, usually when that happens, you're kind of behind the eight ball anyway because uh, there are certain guys on this team who've, who've – basically played competitive basketball over the summer or trained really hard, kind of ahead of you right now. Austin Reeves, Rui Ishimura, just a couple of examples. Uh, I didn't I didn't notice uh, a big difference, Gerald, I got to be honest. You know, it, it didn't look like you he saw had some a... defensive rotations that he just did not – was not oh, able it to. Was, it, it, was, it, was, it was either um, – yeah, a conditioning issue, or we have something called a comprehension issue as well with him. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it could be a combination of both. I think that's a little overblown personally. I think, you know, if, if he came into camp a couple pounds overweight because, like you said, either the he didn't get the workouts he wanted or for whatever reason just just tried to, to stay stay low, it's not a concern to me, Gerald. Honestly, that 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 should be the least of anyone's concerned about Wood. He will get in basketball shape. Uh, we know what he can do offensively. I didn't like what I saw defensively tonight. I, I didn't like what I saw out of us defensively. I thought it was just terrible. And obviously, when you give up 124 points, Magic, it's not it's not pretty at all, especially on that end. Uh, I saw Cam Reddish, I think is a name outside of what he turned his ankle. We, hopefully he's going to be okay. But Cam Reddish, uh, I saw the player that, you know, going back, Magic, I said this is for months now. I just saw a player that, you know, looks great on those Twitter videos that for 30 seconds when he's slam dunk, you know, performing a slam dunk. But it's what he does outside of that may not endear you. And we just saw a player that just does not look like he was going to be able to give a major contribution the lakers signed him and you saw in the time that he was there before he got hurt with a sprained ankle it just does not look pretty right now for cam reddish but then again we're trying to go ahead and keep things in perspective but right now it looks like it'll be an uphill climb for cam reddish yeah it really does unfortunately gerald mm -hmm. and look it, it it's a matter of preference and you know for for anyone to to kind of come back a Gerald or any other individual to, well, you're not giving him a, you're not really giving him a chance, Gerald or Sean or, well, you know something, your reputation precedes yourself. 
And I'm, that's just the way it is. It's guilt by association. Gerald understands this as good as anybody else. He hasn't found a niche offensively anywhere. Anywhere. Like Gerald said, he had two great weeks in Atlanta three three years ago. Well, you saw him. He couldn't do, go off the dribble drive, so he couldn't no, ISO. No, he could not. Couldn't shoot his, from the outside. His shot, his shot mechanics do not look good to me. The only time he looked good was when he was out on the break and That's out it. of transition. That's, That's it. it. That's it. But he still he still missed uh, his uh, one paint attempt, Gerald. Uh, yeah. Again, again uh, Reddish lives off paint opportunities. Almost 48% of his offense comes from the paint. Now, unfortunately for Cam, his his percentage of effectiveness at the rim goes down the longer he plays. He finished at a, a rim rate of 57% last year. That's not good. That's not good, ladies and gentlemen. If you're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the break, you have to be Alex Caruso. You have to be Kyle Kuzma. You have to be finishing in the high 60s, 70% at the rim. When you get those opportunities, like Gerald was saying, that as the opportunities have presented themselves to Cam Reddish over and over again, Gerald, he keeps fumbling the bag. It's nobody else. It's it's him. One thing I would do want to go ahead and mention again, Magic Man, as we bring you back in a little bit more for the Lakers postgame, the Lakers fast break, Lakers weekend. Unfortunately, Lakers do fall in Golden State, 125 to 108. First exhibition game, so you don't want to take too much from it. But one name I do want to go ahead and make sure everybody gets a chance to talk about, and that is Jackson Hayes. I know he's been thought talked about in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. Five points, two and two. Free throws, still, unfortunately, still something to work out there. But five points, three assists, two rebounds. Again, uh, nothing that eye pops you out there, but what we saw on the floor, Magic Man, he looked comfortable out there with the Lakers. He looked like he was making some pretty good decisions. And again, it's something where little things for me is something that's what counts. And for me, it just, it seemed like Jackson Hayes was just something, he looked like he had been paying attention during the course of camp on exactly what needs to be done on both sides of the ball. Just pretty good start. Pretty good start. I couldn't agree more, Gerald. Yeah, very, yeah. very good start for him. He didn't look out of place defensively, which we we kind of heard from uh, from our experts and uh, you know through the grapevine that that could be an issue with him. He looked very comfortable, as Gerald said. He didn't look awkward as at at all. As a matter of fact, on one switch, he got put up against uh, Pods, who's yeah. a pretty good sneaky little guard. And what did Jackson Hayes do? He followed the scouting report, Gerald. Make pods a rookie go left. Make him go left. So what did he do? He got up into him as much as he could. He redirected pods because pods wanted to go right down his throat. He redirected him. He missed the shot. That was great anticipation, Gerald. And it showed that, like you said, Hayes has been paying attention. Offensively, Really liked his tip outs. If he can't grab the rebound, he will tip it out, Gerald, if he can. He doesn't try and go for those one-handed rebounds where it just seems like two or three players are right there on top of you to yeah. steal the ball. That That's really good court awareness. Really liked his touch passing. 
Um, he he got a few possessions in the paint, and what did he do? On a couple of them, he passed it back out. Uh, I believe one was he got an assist off a of Max Christie three. So you know he's played well this game, and I gotta say it's a pleasant surprise. I really liked what I saw out of Jackson Hayes. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man Sean Grice along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching. This thing truly appreciated. Want to go ahead and mention about Max Christie again. It's somebody that, again, we were not sure. And even he, in his words leading up to today's game, it's not sure exactly if he's going to have a regular place in rotation. I think it with more performances like you saw today, at least in the initially in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of the season, Magic Man, I think he's going to get a chance to be a regular part of the rotation if he continues to play like he did today. 100% Gerald, I agree with you, especially given the fact that we're we're a, on a road-heavy schedule. May come a point in time where uh, one of our one of our uh, starters just gets into foul trouble, and we're going to have to rely on him to be effective. I and you're right; that's probably going to happen within the first couple weeks of the season. Um, and again, I, I think uh, you know as much as we're 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 talking this out as, as we've all talked about, it's about tempering, tempering expectations as well. At certain points in time, you may get 25 minutes for a 10 game stretch. And then there may be a 10 game stretch where you only average uh, 15 minutes, Gerald. So I, th I think it's, I think it, it's important for everybody to realize that this is going to be one through 14, just like last year. Uh, there's going to be somebody who who comes and becomes an unsung hero. Last year was Lonnie Walker the fourth. We'll see who it is this year. But that's one, another name to keep in mind is somebody who may who may help the Lakers in the long run by being able to be there in the short term. One of the things I want to mention to you, Magic, uh, as we get to more into the game, I want to ask you this in regards to a lot of ISO. Not a lot of good ball action. Not a good a lot of God, not a lot of good ball movement. You and I commented several times on playback, and also Alan did as well on our playback chat, playback.tv slash Hickers Fast Break, that the ball movement was just not there. A lot of ISOs. Christian Wood was uh, very, I should say, ISO heavy. Leaned into it quite a bit. Did not facilitate the offense very well. Two of eight shooting in his twenty minutes. Seemed to. I thought he actually took more shots until I had to look at the bo at the box score. Again, the, I don't want to say he's a ball stopper, but again, he's hired to and he was brought on this team to go ahead and provide some offense. So I get that part of the equation. But the ball, you know, whether it was him or somebody else, it just didn't. You know, even Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, even though he played well and shot well, six eleven from the field, fifteen points just seemed like there was so much isolation that was done. As soon as he got the ball, it was always going, whether he got it on a drive, he got it from out on top of the key. It always seemed like it just basically the ball did not move very well. Your thoughts on why the ball did not move very well this evening. Yeah, Gerald, great question. You know, that, unfortunately, I think a lot of that could be contagious when it just sticks. Um, like you said, it started off with AD, and the ball just seemed to stick with him. And then D'Angelo did his his round with the ISOs, uh, and then turned over to Rui Ashmore. I felt like it felt like uh, 
a negative feedback loop of, of ice, bad isolation. It's one thing if it's good isolation. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker could live with their isolations. They're efficient. Rui Ashimura, D'Lo, Anthony Davis, not not tonight. Not tonight. There, there was a lack of go, lack of ball movement specifically, Gerald. It just felt like it was just sticking either in the in the mid post or to D'Angelo out on the perimeter. Not the way to win basketball games, especially uh, in the meat grinder that's going to be the Western Conference. Too many good defenses will feast on that. Um, and to look back, go back and look at the Lakers ISO numbers, ladies and gentlemen, not good. Not good at all. One name I want to go ahead and ask about your thoughts. People in the chat think Gabe Vincent was pretty solid. Again, saying that, that's that's his cup of tea. His idea is to be solid. Could have shot the ball better from the field, two of six, but two of four from behind the arc. Overall, seven points, minus nine. So he and AD played a similar amount of minutes, and unfortunately both minus nine from, from the plus minus aspect of it. Seven points, four assists. Played okay, in my opinion. Nothing really too much to complain about, except for the fact that just he wished he could have shot the ball a little bit more efficiently. Your thoughts on the day for Gabe Vincent? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Um, so Gabe and AD played a lot with Cam Reddish and Torian Prince. I think that ultimately was going to affect their post-minus tonight. Vincent did his thing. I, this is to be expected. Like Gerald was saying, shooting percentage was a little low. Missed, uh, missed uh, his two uh, two point field goals, missed a rim attempt, and then missed uh, I think it was a running twelve uh, footer. Uh, but that's his game. This is who he is. Four four assists, zero turnovers. Gerald, he was the anti Jalen Shafino tonight. The ball doesn't stick with him. He manages to make sure that the ball is moving. That's one thing that I think is obviously necessitated in this offense. At times, LeBron, AD can get ISO-heavy drilled. It's somebody like a conduit, like Gabe Vincent, who is known to move the ball and can be that shapeshifter, um, made his, made his, made a couple of threes tonight. That's his game. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him drive a little bit more, but again, him and Christian Wood really, were really trying to hone in on that high pick-and-roll Wood got a lot more of the opportunities down low than Vincent did, but uh, things can change. We, we've we seen Gabe Vincent in the playoffs, Gerald. He's more than adept at driving and being able to uh, make the layup. Through the wires asking who the best defender was tonight. At, for me, clearly, it was Max Christie. I think on the perimeter, he was the only thing closest to something that was like you said, he was the antithesis of Jalen Huchifina because however bad Jalen Huchifina was on the perimeter, Max Christie was good on the perimeter. Your thoughts on the defense tonight? Wasn't much to speak about when you give up 125 points, but there were some hands, there were some contests, there were some steals. But I think overall, when it concerns, uh, you know, as far as who decided to go ahead and really stick it out on defense tonight, I think it was Max Christie for me, my friend. Me as well. Me as well, Gerald. He looked uh, he looked comfortable uh, at point of attack or uh, at, as the help defender on the perimeter. Uh, one thing I really noticed is that he's his head's on a swivel and he's looking around. 
he had that problem last year where it kind of was like uh, a deer in the headlights, almost like fixated on just your assignment. He's very aware of everyone else that's around him, especially in passing lanes. We saw it, Gerald. There were there were multiple times where Vando and Christie were trying to crowd or trap Golden State guards, and they had some success. Christie had a steal. Vando had, Vando had a steal. Jackson Hayes had a steal. There were guys willing to get into the into the passing lanes. I will say again, it is just the first exhibition game, so I don't want to take too much from it. Uh, I obviously don't want to get very upset because at times you saw the game out there, everyone. It looked like it was exhibition play at its finest. Uh, you know, Alex Fudge is aside, you know, you know, just passing the ball and it's just like slamming off the backboard. It just, it looked like exhibition play. But when Darvin Ham and we'll talk about Darvin Ham's here as far as coaching and the rotation and throwing everybody out there in the first quarter and all that. I, I have some issues. I, I want to say just some concerns per se, but I understand I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because it is the first exhibition game. Uh, your thoughts on the rookies. Uh, you know, again, the only one that stood out to me at all was Demoy Hodge. Castleton uh, looked like he was uh, inept out there. At times, uh, we saw we talked about JHS. He's got a lot of work ahead of him. Maxwell Lewis did hit a shot, uh, got five points, which was much, you know, in some cases, a lot more than what he got in three exhibition games, uh, three summer league games that he uh, did not score in. Your thoughts, my friend, on the rookies? Just something where, again, I don't, I'm not counting on too much production from those guys this year, but I really think that maybe the team should look at Demoy Hodge a little bit more. I would. I would personally uh, like like what he was bringing out there. Uh, he's probably the most prepared rookie we have that that uh, can play drill. Um, moment wasn't too big for him. He did his thing. He, that's what Demoy Hodge does. He, yeah. I really love his. Uh, so one of the good things about Demoy Hodge is. Not only is he a, a threat as a, a defensive playmaker, he can get really low in his defensive stance, and that bodes well in the NBA today because he's got quick feet, which yeah. means he he can he can jump in and out of spots, which is important. And I'm with Gerald; he's shooting the ball well again, like he did in summer league. His defense is more than passable. Uh, it's actually I would. Kemp Demoy Hodge is probably an above average NBA defender at this point in time. Uh, I would try and gain him more minutes, Gerald. I really would, because if if for some reason it's not clicking with the outside shot at the start of the year, that's again another name that you could throw out there for ten or fifteen minutes to see what he could do because his defense is agreeable in the NBA today. It's just a shot. Like Gerald has said, if his shot keeps falling, he will play in the NBA. That's definitely a no doubter about that. Even at even though at six three, six two, six three, you want to say for an off guard, you know, he might get outmatched outsized at times, but the guy has a lot of competitive spirit. And I liked what I saw from Demoy Hodge. Uh, undersized yeah. guys, uh, some undersized guys play a lot bigger than that, Gerald. Like, uh, yeah, I, you know, Avery Bradley was six two, but he played a lot like a six four, six five guard. Yeah, uh, John Starks as well. So there, there's, 
don't don't necessarily judge a book by its cover here. Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, I, you know, I don't want to take too much from the game as far as because again, first exhibition game, still some time to get everything as far as worked out together. Hopefully that the team can actually start gelling together. But the one that thing that I want to talk about is Darvin Ham. And Darvin Ham, I, I he just seemed to, like in the first quarter, threw almost everybody out there. I think he played like 10 guys, 11 guys in the first uh, 12 minutes of the game, just really threw a lot of names out there. And I'm not sure exactly that was it just it just was part of the bad fit. Cause you saw the Lakers, they had the lead until about really about three quarters of the way through of the first quarter. Then just they started just the all the bodies coming in and out of the lineup just started to really mess with what was going on, uh, and that you could just see once the Golden State Warriors started shooting well from the outside, the rotations just just the just the bodies coming in and out. You know, I think Darvin Ham again, it's just exhibition season, so it's exhibition game number one. So you would just want to take it for what it is. I understand they're trying to get a, a good look at a lot of these guys because they're not sure if the ones will crack the rotations or one will fit the rotations, but I think it cost us in this game because of it. Yes, I agree. I agree. I thought there was too many hockey changes tonight, Gerald. Just yeah. three or four guys in, three or four guys out. Somebody's in foul trouble over there, so he he's going back to the bench, so I've got to Recoordinate and put him in. Yeah, it just it just seemed like it was it was over analysis by paralysis. But then the, again, it, the is, that's, it is it's, it's the first game. It's the yeah. preseason. It's the first game. You're just going to try a lot of things. You're going to have a good look. Good look at the, some of the players that are out there. I get that. So I really don't want to make too much of that. Uh, yet, you know, we did see at times a couple times some three guard lineups by Darvin Ham. But then again, that's just based off of just throwing a lot of bodies out there to see what sticks. Your thoughts, though, on this, my friend, when it comes to AD, you must be encouraged by the fact that he did look good. Little too much iso ball. They didn't set him up properly at times, but it didn't seem to matter for him the way he was shooting tonight. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, very similar to that game one in Golden State where uh, he just dominated that first quarter. Yeah, uh, Looney could not stay with him. No, it was it's kind of a similar story to game one uh, in that series. Um, yeah, other than the ISO, I agree, Drill. AD looked comfortable. Uh, you know, that the three point shots he hit were in rhythm. So, I mean, if we're going, if we're getting rhythm, AD shooting from three, yeah, I think everybody could live 30%, not with 22, but with 30. Definitely look comfortable. I mean, first and foremost, every and we'll get word on Cam Reddish, but everybody came out of this game healthy. So that was that was the silver lining in all of it, other than it just being a preseason game. But yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Thirteen minutes at fifteen points, almost a minute, almost a point per minute. That's right around where his his strongest efficiency is. So he looked like uh, he looked like he was ready to go. Already the comparisons, as J.E. said out there in the chat, uh, between, of course, Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. Uh, Christian Wood, a minus 16 on the game. Jackson Hayes, a plus 7. Just seemed like a lot of people more comfortable right now with what they saw from Jackson Hayes. Again, it's just one game. I want to keep things in perspective. But your thoughts, my friend, right now. I still would like to see more time with Christian Wood and A.D. together. 
but making sure that Jackson Hayes does get some time off the bench. I think you need to take care of both of those situations, Gerald. Um, to be fair, there's a lot more asked of Christian Wood than what's asked of Jackson Hayes. That's a good um, point. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just going to take a little bit long, a little bit while with Christian to get uh, up to speed than it is with Jackson. Jackson has a specific role that he's asked to play, and he played it superbly. He really did. Really loved the minutes Jackson gave. He came in right from just right from the hop. You could kind of tell who's got energy and who doesn't. He's got energy for, for days. It was the right energy because he played focused and purposeful, boxed out really well, uh, made really good touch passes, communicated well. Uh, like Gerald said, needs to be a little bit better for the free throw line. Please, Jackson, please. We, 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 we can't have games again where we're losing 103-98 in the fourth quarter with four minutes left, and we've gone 16 of 30 from the free throw line. <laughs> we can't have those games anymore, Gerald. Um, well, the, also, Jared Vanderbilt's he his free throw shooting looked terrible. He was one handing it up there to the rim. Yeah, that looked really bad. I'm I'm not sure what what form that is and who taught him that, but I I I really wish the uh, the coaching staff and the development staff would kind of get his ear and say, "Hey, man, you know you can't shoot free throws one handed." Seriously, Rick Barry him. Rick Barry. Rick Barry. Hey. Rick Barry, just do the Rick Barry thing, man. You get but, all, you'll uh, get eighty percent. You'll be good. It'd be all good. But but yeah. So I think I think because uh, Christian is, has a little bit more responsibility and more uh, more food on his plate, I think it's going to take him a little longer than it would Jackson Hayes to be comfortable in his role. But guess what, Gerald? If uh, Wood gets uh, up to stuff and he plays really well. I mean, if Jackson Hayes is still playing really well, you still have to give him minutes, Gerald. It'd be, it'd be a sin to keep Jackson Hayes off the floor if he's playing like this. If he's playing like this, I agree. They do need to find some time with him. As you see on the box score that we got posted up there, really gave a, a nice contribution for the time he was in there. But again, just really looked positive, like he flowed in there with the offense and the defense really well. Plus seven on the day, five points, two rebounds. Nothing really to write home about in 15 minutes as far as when you look at it from that perspective. But this presence on the floor just seemed to be a positive for the Lakers this evening when it comes to Jackson Hayes. Yeah, 100%, Gerald. And look, in a year where you're trying to contend, trying to win a championship, it's the players who have more an impact on film than in the box score that usually help you win that championship. Um, let's go through the list, shall we? Derek Fisher, Ron Harper, AC Green, Kurt Rambis, uh, Gerald. If he plays really well and up to up to par, Jackson Hayes could consider himself amongst those names that uh, had more of an impact when you watched him play than when you just looked at the at the data sheet. Go ahead. Oh. No worries. Intel Wild in our super chat. And thanks so much again. You can always super chat. Please go ahead and do so today on our YouTube channel for the Lakers Fast Break. Truly indebted to both you and Darren for providing super chats on today's show. Intel Wild says, I like Prince's defensive movement. Arizona 10, Dodgers 0. Kershaw was trash today. Yes, six runs in the first that kicked him out. USC is down 17-7. to Not a good day for LA sports. 
when it comes to Prince's defensive movement, though, Intel, you said you like his movement and defense, but he got, he fouled, fouled five, you know, what, five fouls in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I was seeing the same thing, Intel, because, uh, you know, they took him to the basket. They took it strong, a couple and ones. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly impressed with what I saw with Prince today. But then again, it's the first game, and I'm going to go ahead with a grain of salt on that for you from Magic Man. Go ahead. Your thoughts on t- on the Torian Prince and his game today? Well, uh, yeah, today it was not good, Gerald. Uh, it was not good. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, a great quote by John Wood, and he said, "Don't don't mistake activity for productivity." And I think uh, you could kind of chalk that up to Torian Prince tonight. He looked he looked active, and he looked like. Yeah. He, Activity he was, level, he was, that's fine. But the problem is we, that leads to overplays. Clinked, yes. yes. Like Gerald uh, was saying, you get, you get so hyped up, you get extra jittery, and uh, that's what leads to uh, mistakes. Reaching in. He was reaching in quite a reaching bit. Reaching in way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look, you've got either one of Rui Hashimura or Vando uh, on the opposite end. You don't need to reach in like that. Because you also have AD waiting in the paint. You don't need to reach. Uh, we don't need to put teams in a position where they can have a little bit of an edge at the free throw line uh, early on in a game. We've seen what that happens before. AD picks up a couple quick fouls. Uh, usually a team goes on a, on a scorching run from the free throw line. So we don't need... We don't need our perimeter athletes going in and reaching like that. And like for the most part, I agree with Intel. Overall, Prince's movement and his length uh, make him, uh, you know, an uh, above average to average defender in the NBA. Just tonight didn't look good. Didn't look good tonight, Gerald. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Unfortunately, the Lakers do fall in Golden State on the first game of the exhibition season, 125 to 108. Do you want to also mention that we will be back for game two of the exhibition season on Monday night, 6 p.m. is the start time Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, as the Lakers host the Brooklyn Nets come by to go ahead and play against the Lakers. The Lakers host the Brooklyn Nets. Go ahead and check it out. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Join us at playback.tv. So sacred fast break. Tomorrow, we've got a great show for you because for Lakers 101, we've got a special instructor, Rich Cohen author of When the Game Was War, the NBA's Greatest Season. He's going to tell you why, of course, from what I was showing there, as far as that's already on the screen, as already you can see on YouTube, that's waiting for you tomorrow at 9 a.m. on Lakers 101. 
1987 and 88, the year the Lakers won the repeat of a world championship, was the greatest year ever for the NBA. So he'll explain why, in, you know, as far as letting you know about his great book, When the Game is War, the NBA's Greatest Season. But getting back to tonight's game, my friend, when it comes to what you saw, D'Angelo Russell, want to make sure we give him a shout out because he did what he needed to do, looked solid, stepped up as a number two option for today. Magic Man on the offensive end, six of 10, uh, two of three from behind the arc, 15 points plus eight, five assists. Pretty solid defensively uh, on the perimeter, kind of let a couple of three pointers. But then again, you know, that's the way they scheme. Golden State schemes out to where they're able to go ahead and free themselves up for an abundance of three point shots. Your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell, I think overall in 16 minutes, 15 points plus eight, five assists, two or three from behind the arc. Can't pretty much complain about too much when it concerns D'Angelo Russell's game tonight. Oh, not at all. He, uh, D'Angelo played very well. Um, played his game. Was feeling it from the three-point line, Gerald. And, and usually when that happens, either one of two things uh, occurs as a ripple effect. Either he feels very confident and just putting the ball on the floor, just driving to the hole, which he is rewarded for by referees. They notice this as well. Or he manages to find other open uh, players uh, he gets that uh, he gets that twitchy look in his eye and he wants to facilitate that happened as well so it's usually a, it's a double-edged sword in a good way with him because usually when he's shooting well he's uh, he's facilitating well and if he's shooting well he had at times is finding that if the facilitation part isn't there he can drive he did it was great tonight one thing that was mentioned by Brian Green in the chat, he thinks the Lakers are too small, and that comes against a team in Golden State that is smaller, definitively smaller than the Lakers. He still thinks that they're too small. Mind you, I don't. they can't put out the kind of sheer size that Denver has. Denver has a, a, obviously a, probably a leg up on that because of Jokic, his sheer size and, and girth and, and strength. He's able to go ahead and out-muscle a great many of the opponents. The Lakers cannot, don't have that with Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, and Jackson Hayes. But size-wise, rebounding-wise, there should be no reason why they should get out-rebounded on a regular basis. Your thoughts on the size issue, if there was one for tonight? So, I will say Just to give you an idea, they were out-rebounded by 15. Yes, I know. I saw that. That wasn't very good. Um, I will say this. I think... As far as AD is concerned, you're going to get what you get with him on the boards. He attacks the boards when he's not passive. We don't need passive AD. We need aggressive AD. Aggressive AD averages anywhere from 12 to 16 boards a night. That's that's who we're going to get. It's Wood. If, if AD and Wood are going to play a lot together – then Wood has to be a better rebounder. He had three rebounds in 20 minutes tonight. That is not going to get it done. No, not no, going absolutely. to get it done, Gerald. Especially when we're we're going up against a, a a Suns team or a Nuggets team. That's pretty big. I mean, you know, when Memphis gets healthy, they're going to be a big team too. So uh, I think it's it's imperative. 
that uh, whoever is playing beside LeBron and AD needs to be a ferocious rebounder, whether it's Hayes or Wood or Rui. Somebody needs to because we know LeBron just doesn't have the lift anymore. It's just it, That's just the way it is. And if we're playing a Denver team, then you have to have somebody there who can compensate for that issue. And right now, we need Christian Wood to hit the boards like a mofo. Hit him hard. Hit him fast, Christian. Gets three boards in 20 minutes. This is not going to get it done. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Unfortunately, the Lakers do fall in Golden State, 125 to 108 in the exhibition season opener. Uh, before we head on out, Magic Man, I want to make sure that you get all your thoughts in there on what you saw from today's game. You were the best part of the playback.tv slash Lakers fast break coverage along with myself. And big shout out to Alan in the chat room, FL24 in the chat room, J Row in the chat room, also as well. Big shout out to Laker Nick, who is a great part of our coverage, hoping that will continue. And I'm hoping that he'll be able to sneak in tomorrow for class tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. noon, right there on the East Coast for our awesome conversation that we're going to have with author Rich Cohen. But your thoughts, my friend, before we head on out on anything that you want to cover or that we didn't cover for tonight's game, my friend. Yeah, you know what, Gerald? We're right when we say, you know, take this game with a granular of salt, like just mm-hmm. one. That's it. That's it. I I really hope that eventually what our audience takes away, and we do, that although it was just one game, the next game is Monday. And so I hope everybody has a great day of practice tomorrow, uh, looks at what uh, – what went wrong because heads couple, with LeBron to the WNBA finals. Yeah. Be, yeah. Because we know, we know a lot of guys are going to have the biggest flu on Monday uh, when they play the nets, but I'm looking at two guys right now, Gerald Christian Wood and Cam Reddish need a better effort from both of them on Monday. Definitely. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what will happen with the Lakers uh, coming up here. Obviously, like you said, a good day of practice. Hopefully, we'll bring out the best in what we see with the Lakers coming out on Monday as they host the Brooklyn Nets. Uh want to also give a big shout-out to uh, everyone out there that got a chance to go ahead and check out what was going on with the the Lakers and, and playback.tv and everybody who took the time to watch us on today's program. But my friend, again, I don't want to take too much from today's game, taking too much from today's game. Really. Uh, it just, you, again, first exhibition game, first exhibition of the season, you know, just really don't want to take too much from it as I'm showing you some of the highlights from Lake show highlights right there for you. Big shout out to Lake show highlights. Want to go ahead and just again, mention. I can't take a whole lot from today's game. Just some, you know, observations. I'm starting to form observations, starting to form impressions. You know, there are some things that we could take from maybe like Cam Reddish, really not as of yet really ready to play with the Lakers in their style, the way they want to go ahead and play. Uh, you know, we're seeing some things as far as Jackson Hayes maybe fitting in better than we thought. Little things like that. But Max Christie looking really solid and continuing his effort that he played so well at in the summer league. Those are some of the things I can take away. Plus the rookies for the most part, especially JHS, they've got a lot of work to do. I don't want to go ahead and start, you know, just really harping too much on that. No, we, we, like, do, we don't want to, we don't want to stunt their confidence at all. Yeah, Gerald. No, yeah, exactly. So, 
Yeah, I don't want don't really want to go into too you know too much on that as far as why or how or because because again it's just the first exhibition game the of the season. Really want to go into really specifics when we as we get closer and closer to the regular season. I think after games three, four, five, I think we can then start really honing in on some things the Lakers are good at and the things that the Lakers are working on and need to work on going forward. So I really think that's when we can really start gauging exactly how good this team is going into the season. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Like like you were saying, it's this game was a granular sand in the Long Beach that is an 82-game season. Hard to get any um, heads or tails about observations. Um, but like Gerald was saying, impressions are made. The ne- it's on to the next game. The next game is the Nets. Uh, should be a should be a good uh, focus for them because this is a this is a younger team that runs a lot as well. So they play a similar style as you. So styles make fights in the end. So it should be an entertaining preseason game. And it will be, and we'll be actually showing it to you live on playback.tv as far as being part of that coverage. The game itself, you got to go ahead and make sure you have your own cable subscriber on it to allow you to go ahead and join us for that. Even if you cannot watch the game from playback.tv, go ahead and check out the game and just listen to us right there. We're going to provide our own style of commentary on it. Plus, you can always join us in the chat during the course of the game at playback.tv. Fast break. I want to go ahead and talk a little bit before we head on out, my friend, on the chat GPT because people are calling about it garbage that NBA fans are, are especially the Laker fans, are really concerned about with the ESPN analyst Western Conference predictions because it looks like that that uh, whatever uh, formula that they had to create the uh, Western Conference uh, picture was quite, uh, let's just say it was quite interesting, my friend. Showed the Lakers, I believe, in seventh place in their, their those prognostications with around 41 wins. Uh, L.A. Clippers ranked, uh, I guess, 10th with 40 wins. So obviously the fans in L.A. are not exactly pleased with that. Your thoughts, my friend, on this, because, again, it showed if you get a chance to check it out as far as the projected win totals from the analytics that they used uh, with, I think, Memphis coming out on top, Minnesota second, and then going to Denver third. Your thoughts on my friend uh, before we head on out? Yeah, Gerald. um, Wow. Uh, You know, this is Kevin Pelton, after all, and uh, he uses a – very laborious, uh, yet complicated uh, data system. I personally do not like it. I think it comes up the works like we see here. You So that prediction says that the Lakers will finish in eighth place because they, I believe they had the Sacramento Kings in seventh place. The Lakers would have 41, I think, 0.3 wins. So you're giving the Lakers two less wins than you did last year after a summer in which they improved the the roster. Uh, yeah, very flawed, Gerald. Uh, I don't agree with it. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves could have the best season in their franchise history, Gerald. They still wouldn't get 48 wins. 
I don't know. I'm, I will see what happens. But yes, Blue Magic, great, great crowd tonight. Uh, can we get it to 30 likes before we head out? I would love to see that. I do think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to have themselves a decent season, providing a good health. I, I like their mm-hmm. options that they have on that team. I haven't picked a, a spot for them yet, but I do think it's going to be a little bit more promising than people are anticipating. Then you've got other teams in the mix that I'm not sure that they're going to be as high as projected, like Memphis, especially with Ja Morant out 25 games. Sacramento, I am not as high on as other people. I'm not sure. I think that fairy tale may end a little bit sooner than people like. But again, I'm still going over the stuff as far as what we're concerned. But the fact I, that the I, Lakers are predicting got- 41 and a half, it's almost like they're predicting that there's going to be injuries to LeBron and AD. Yes, that's exactly what they're predicting. Yeah, um, that's just crazy. That's absolutely yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little absurd to think that you would you'd reduce the win total by two based on the presumption that AD and LeBron are going to miss time. Yet the roster isn't is better than it was last year, but you haven't taken that. It's just very, it's just it's convol it's convoluted, uh, it's convoluted numerology right here, Todd. Gerald with uh, Kevin Pelton. I I can't understand why they don't have the Oklahoma City Thunder, at least in a playing position, because he didn't yeah. even have them in the top ten. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Unless uh, there's really going to be a setback for them injury wise. SGA would be the first place I saw it. Uh, Kurt Affair says, "I hope Cat wears that fit for every game." You know, I, I get from what I've heard. I've only seen a little bit of the highlights. Cat uh, has played well overseas. Uh, maybe he could translate that going forward to the regular season and stay on the floor. If he does, that provides a unique option for them, along with Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. We'll see if that uh, happens because I think they have a, I think they have a surprising team on hand. I think they're a better team than people are anticipating, but. We'll get, definitely let you know our thoughts as it gets closer to the season. And obviously, our season preview is still yet to come here at the Lakers Fast Break. But, my friend, it's been great having you on. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glasser. Thanks so much for watching listening. Magic Man doing triple duty today. Not only did he have to hear Jamie and Laker Tom shouting in his ear for an hour, not only did he have to hear me and then hear uh, Laker Nick. Actually, that's that's the good part. But he, hearing us throughout for two and a half hours on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. But hearing me an hour here, overall, again, defensively, I was not impressed by the layouts that Darvin Ham put out there. But the thing is, I'm, again, chalking it up as the first exhibition game. He threw a lot out there, a lot of people out there. Like you said, the hockey lineups and the hockey changes. Really something, again, people have to put in perspective because those rotations are going to be shortened up. We're going to be actually tightened up a lot more. Cam Reddish, we don't know what his status is going forward. I think some things are going to be changing by the time it gets to exhibition games two, three, four, and five, my friend. Absolutely, Gerald. That, that That's what I would uh, surmise as well. This is going to be an ever-growing, ever-changing process until they find the uh, nine or 10 guys that make the ecosystem the best it can be. Thank you to everyone out there. Again, Blue Magic, Search, uh, Kurt, uh, everybody out there. Eric, uh, you know, just new to our chat. Please go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. 
Eric, great to have you here. Darren, of course, always just tremendous to have you here. Thank you so much to you and Intel Wild for your awesome super chats. Everybody in the chat, through the wild, everybody, devotion, listed, uh, Brian Green, lifted, everybody out there, just thank you so much for being part of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. Cannot thank you enough for being part of what we do. Just truly, truly sensational. Again, we're trying to keep you a little bit on the uplift because we're taking everything with a grain of salt for now. First exhibition game, not really panicking too much, but it didn't end up the way the Lakers wanted to with a 125-108 loss in Golden State. But we will be back tomorrow morning for Lakers 101 where we're going to talk again to Rich Cohen right there for you. He has got an awesome book, which you can get right now, When the Game is War, the NBA's Greatest Season, which he says is 1987-88. Go ahead and check it out today on Kindle, Audible, or Hardcover, wherever you get your books, or Amazon.com. Right there for you. Actually, all of those prices are under $20, so it's a great deal indeed. But for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific, talking some great Lakers basketball. And, of course, we'll be back, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for the game against Brooklyn at 6 p.m. Pacific on Monday. Also, we may even throw in some more Lakers Fast Break. Good conversation Sunday night or Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Who knows? when we will appear. If you're subscribed, you'll know because you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live. Of course, with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. So Magic Man, great to have you here. Any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? 0-1 in the preseason, Gerald. Long way to go. Go Lakers. Go Lakers indeed. You know what? Win or loss doesn't matter if we have a good exhibition season or a bad one. Again, it's all that what happens in the regular season. That's what counts. Magic Man Chuck Rice, Gerald Glassford, thanks again for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific. Bloodhound, you did miss the party, but you can always catch us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>